Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the new Provincial Cabinet was unveiled by Premier Scott Moe. We see no changes in the agriculture portfolio. Today is Election Day in rural Saskatchewan and we talk to the President of SARM about the election, the snowfall and Ottawa's $1.75 billion commitment to expand broadband service to rural Canada. We talked to several farmers around the province about the impact of today's and yesterday's snowfall, which has been a huge dump in Saskatoon and many other areas, while Regina it's estimated at about 10 centimetres. We have a look at grain markets and efforts to control blackleg in canola. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Premier Scott Moe unveiled his post-election cabinet this morning about an hour ago. Agriculture Minister David Merritt remains in his post. Merritt has been the Minister of Agriculture since August 15, 2018. He also remains minister in charge of the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation. It's voting day in rural Saskatchewan. As in previous years, many of the rural municipal positions have already been filled by acclamation. But there are elections being held in about 200 of the province's almost 300 RMs. Ray Orb is president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. He was acclaimed in the arm of CUPAR. He expects polls to be open despite the snowfall. The province has authorized municipalities and school divisions to postpone their elections in places where it is significantly impeded by weather. Here's my chat with Ray Orb of SARM. Yeah, the, well, the polls open, uh, Jim, from uh, they started at 9 o'clock this morning and they'll be open till 8 o'clock this evening. And so, um, uh, you know, that, uh, that's mandated by the, uh, by the Act itself. But uh, I, I think, you know what? We're going to get uh, we're going to get a good turnout today. Uh, we're if we're not, uh, I think, afraid or this is nothing new for us to have a storm in rural Saskatchewan. I know that some people were concerned about that, of course, about uh, travel. But as the day goes on, I think our roads are going to improve. I know uh, you know our greater operators are going to get out there and clear them as as, uh, as fast as they can. So I, I'm expecting a good turnout today. So you're hoping for a good turnout. What do you see as the actual vote? count are there a lot of acclaimed positions or are there going to be some elections well on um, the ones that were reported to us uh, on our uh, on our elections uh, uh, website at SARM there were a fair number of acclamations but I've noticed there are also lots of contests too there are some councils where um, you know the, the reeve is being challenged uh, I've got some where you know the entire council is being challenged uh, there have been a few where um, it, it appears that there might have been uh, some uh, councillors that stepped down. So they might even have some of the uh, even divisions that are up too. So some of the RMs have, uh, you know, all of the odd-numbered divisions up the reef. And um, they might have one or two of, uh, of the even ones. So there uh, seems to be a great interest in, uh, in the council, whether it's for change or, or whether uh, if people are going to go out and support the incumbents that are out there that they think are doing a good job now. 
Which positions are open this election, this rural municipal election? It's the Reeve and the odd-numbered divisions. So what are some of the issues in rural Saskatchewan? Well, I think, you know, it, it depends, um, I guess, uh, how uh, the ratepayers feel at the time. You know, uh, obviously, it could be infrastructure. There might be, uh, there are always challenges of infrastructure. Our roads always need improving. Bridges do uh, as well. As, you know, bridges have been uh, a bone of contention, and we've been able to get some extra funding. But for the people that live out there, you know, uh, bridge repair, the lack of good bridges, uh, you know, in general, is, uh, has always been a challenge. You know, some people are concerned about rural health care. I know especially, you know, since COVID-19, um, the health care system has been uh, a bit strained and people from the rural areas have uh, been complaining a bit about that. Uh, another big issue, of course, is, uh, is rural broadband. This connectivity, just simply you know, keeping in touch with people during this COVID crisis has been a challenge. So you're hoping for a, a good turnout despite all the snow? I think we're going to get a, we'll probably get an average. It might turn out to be a good uh, turnout, um, you know, later on this afternoon uh, when, you know, the weather does calm, calm down. I know we've got some highways out there that are an issue right now, but for the people in the rural areas that maybe have to travel on uh, gravel roads, we're hoping, you know, that uh, that they're cleared in a, you know, timely, timely basis as, uh, as fast as they can be. This has been one of the driest years. You're, what, will the snow be that much helpful? Well, you know, in a year like this uh, that we've been having, I think any kind of moisture is welcome. We did have some freezing rain, uh, kind of uh, a combination of ice pellets uh, that fell too. And so I think that's good, uh, you know, just before, uh, you know, things freeze up, it's always good to have some moisture. In particular, I know some of the farmers, ranchers, were saying that uh, their dugouts or their watering systems are really, uh, really low. So I think this will help if we happen to get some warm weather yet this fall, which uh, could very well happen. It might even fill some of the uh, some of the low spots for the cattle. So this moisture is really good too for next spring uh, for possibility of seeding. Absolutely, I think most farmers would rather have um, a coat of snow, you know, a, a blanket of snow on their land uh, prior to freeze up. Uh, Although we don't necessarily like moving around in our yards, it's nice to have it out in the fields. Ray, the Prime Minister has just announced $1.75 billion to help Canadians get high-speed internet connection. Uh, Your reaction to the uh, announcement? Well, you know, that's absolutely great news. We've been, you know, been waiting for that funding for uh, for quite some time, and uh, we're glad that the Prime Minister, you know, they're making that announcement this morning. So we're hoping, you know, of course, to get some of that funding here in Saskatchewan, and uh, rural Saskatchewan really needs some of that money. Why is that so important for rural Saskatchewan? Well, the connectivity is important, you know, it's for business people. I mean, ranchers and farmers are all business people, and they, they really need this this money to go into improvements in uh, in rural Internet. And, uh, you know, it's something that's also, you know, an attraction for people to move out to rural areas because they need to have this. It's just a way of life, and it should be an essential service. We know the federal government recognizes this. Um, we're also working with the province and SaskTel. To, uh, to maybe um, you know, speed up the process of uh, sequestering some of that funding here in Saskatchewan. It's important for businesses in rural Saskatchewan. It's important for business. We've heard that loud and clear for businesses that are out there, and that includes uh, that includes the farming community. But it also, you know, it includes some manufacturers. You know, we've got lots of short line equipment uh, manufacturers out there in rural Saskatchewan, and uh, that's the message they've been telling us. They need this. 
to be competitive and uh, that's the way of doing business now you have to be in contact with people all around the world. Ray Orba Cupar is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. There's a wide range of snowfall amounts across the Saskatchewan grain belt that fell from the weekend into early today. Regina had about 10 centimeters, that's about 4 inches, but snowfall amounts over central Saskatchewan range from 30 to 60 centimeters. Jim Wickett lives in Rosetown, but farms about 20 kilometers southeast of Rosetown. Probably 18 inches, 2 feet deep in the streets. So uh, basically, if you don't have a four-wheel drive truck, you're not driving around and and that. But things are going. Here in the highways are not too, too bad. So probably head out to uh, have a look at the farm right after lunch. Wickett says the snow contains moisture and is not the light, fluffy variety. That moisture is definitely needed in the Rosetown area. We were quite dry. I'm trying to think from, you know, maybe the 10th of July, we haven't had, you know, a half inch in total of uh, rain. So this, uh, the moisture is very well needed and everybody hates the snow banks, but it's the snow banks that uh, seem to run off and fill the dugouts and that for guys. So things are looking promising and who knows, maybe next week it'll start to melt and some of that can go into the ground. There's certainly uh, plenty of cracks for it to fall down. The snow is creating issues for livestock producers. Wicket doesn't have cattle, but passes on this story. I've got a pretty close neighbor a couple miles away, and we talked about this actually on Saturday, and, and he, uh, you know, he said this is certainly going to lengthen the amount of time that he has to feed cows, especially this much snow. Some of his swath grazing will be pretty deep. He didn't have an abundance of feed to start with. He hit just maybe the, the bare minimum and was looking to buy some, so... This isn't going to help that situation, that's for sure. A few dugouts around the countryside are dry, so this is definitely going to help uh, in the spring, I think, get some runoff going towards them. But, you know, it's a long time uh, long time till spring, so who knows what will happen between now and then. Jim Wicked Farms, southeast of Rosetown. And a little more than 100 kilometres east of Saskatoon, George Heinz Farms at Munster, not far from Humboldt. I would say we got at least a foot of snow like uh, the Weather Network was predicting. My yard's pretty protected, so yeah, on the average, there's about a foot laying everywhere. And then, of course, there's banks that are two to three feet deep. So uh, I was out moving some of the skid steer, trying to get a pathway so my wife could get to work because uh, she works in Humboldt, and uh, that was a no-go until I cleared the driveway. For grain producers, the moisture is welcome. Some guys had harrowed their fields, and uh, particularly pea stubble, and they were pretty barren, so that'll be good for them. Uh, the rest of the fields, well, this wheat and canola stubble, it trapped a lot of snow, of course, and uh, that'll be good because we weren't kind of dry here. So that should hopefully soak in and fix some of the moisture problems for next spring. I, I did notice when it started snowing on Saturday, some of that earlier snow was quite moist, like which is unusual too. Usually it's drier snow this kind of year, so uh, that, that'll be good as well. George Heinz farms at Munster, not far from Humboldt. And our last stop is Davidson, halfway between Saskatoon and Regina. Rob Stone tells us they did not receive as much snow as expected. We've kind of set up on all the maps to give us 40-plus centimeters of snow and all that sort of good stuff, and uh, really we would be looking for something along those lines and with the cracks in the ground and how dry it is, it'd sure be nice to see kind of a, a little bit of show of faith going into next year. But uh, 
I don't know, on the level, the ground's white and covered, and it's blown over in spots, but I, and, you know, probably the towns and anywhere where the wind would push it to the northwest cause some issues for people around here, but overall, things are carrying on just a little bit slower and colder today. Stone says the Davidson area will definitely need more moisture over the winter and spring. He's expecting to be moving more grain today. Rob Stone Farms near Davidson. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. I have here with me Jeanette Gauthier, who is a service specialist with BASF. So as we uh, really get into the fall season here, and I mean some parts of the prairies are looking like the winter season, um, hopefully canola is getting off, um, and if it's not off the field, it's very close to being off the field. So we're here today to talk about some of uh, BSF's end-of-season trials, as well as the importance of taking uh, plant sound counts. So what can you tell me about those things? So I would say despite the challenges that 2020 threw at us, it is nice to have trials off early. And so something that we do for our own trials is uh, we go in right after harvest and we do some plant uh, stand counts. And we do that. That's actually the second timing that we do it. And I think it's a really good opportunity. Um, it doesn't take long. Um, and if you're not sure how to do it, the Canola Council has some great videos but it's a really good opportunity to look at um, one of the things that can really drive what went wrong or what went right with your canola crop the past season. So what are you what are you going to be looking for when you're out in the field and you're looking at those stems? So we're looking at uh, for like an optimal plant stand, which is around five to seven plants per square foot. Um, something that I did see this year in some of my trials even is that, uh, you know, we had some late se seeding, um, soils were really warm, conditions were great, so we didn't adjust our survivability and we ended up with um, greater than seven plants per square foot. And while this didn't affect some, uh, some of our plots, some of our plots did, we did see lodging. And so I think lodging was something experienced by growers in different regions across the West. And for sure, plant uh, stand can be something uh, that's a contributing factor. And so it's good to look at that because if you have new equipment or maybe you were dealing with conditions that were a little bit different this spring, it's great to go back and look to see what your plant stands were to see if that was one of your contributing issues. On the flip side though, Maybe you did have an ideal plant stand. You were right with the, in that five to seven plants that we're looking for. And you still saw some lodging or maybe even some disease. Um, and that can be another good thing to identify because it usually indicates that there's probably something else going on in your crop other than just plant stand. So what sort of diseases could you be looking at um, if you're out there and you're looking at those stems post-harvest? I think one that we commonly talk about is black leg, um, something that's easy to look for once you're done harvest. Um, sclerotinia can be another one that's easy to identify at that timing if, if you didn't look a little bit earlier. 
Um, so for sure, that's something we do. We uh, take pull out some plants after harvest. It's nice and easy to walk in the field. You get to look at the stem. And then we do some clippings. So I have a stem here. Um, so I, I think one of the important takeaways from this season is that often we do have some nice looking crop, nice green stems. And this year we are seeing a little bit more disease in some areas of the West. And I think it does span a good portion of the West, not just Manitoba. So then how do you, how do you tell for sure that you do have black lake? Ah, that's a great question. So I think knowing what some of the other diseases look like. So for Manitoba, and I did see it moving into areas where we haven't typically seen it before. Um, Verticillium stripe seems to be the newer disease that we're talking about. Also does cause some gray discoloration when you clip your stems. Um, and again, post-harvest can be great because then you get to see the microsclerotia. So very different looking and it peels back. Um, but sometimes if you go out a little bit early or your stems are still a little bit green, it can be really diffi difficult to distinguish those. So I did get asked that by an agronomist. And my answer is that's when you take advantage of your um, diagnostic labs in the provinces or with some of your other resources uh, like the Canola Council, for example. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today. Periods of light snow ending this afternoon, then mainly cloudy. Wind northwest 30 gusting to 50. The high minus 11, the low minus 20. Tomorrow mainly sunny, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high minus 10, the wind chill minus 27 in the morning and minus 17 in the afternoon. The low minus 12. Wednesday cloudy, 60% chance of flurries. The high minus 8, the low minus 13. Thursday, clearing, high minus 10, low minus 17. Friday, sunny, the high minus 4, the low minus 7. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1, the low minus 6. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 0. Normal high is 0 for this date, the normal low minus 10. The sun rose at 8.03 this morning, it sets at 5.21 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is, we have a wide range of snowfall, as this is said, the hot spot was leader at minus 8. The cold spot, minus 16 in Saskatoon. Esteban, minus 10. Saskatoon, minus 16. Swift Current, minus 12. Weyburn, minus 11. Yorkton, minus 10. Light snow, Regina, minus 13. That's 9 Fahrenheit. Winds from the west-northwest, 36. Humidity, 80%. The barometer rising, 101.6. Light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 14. Winds are from the west-northwest at 17. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 13. That's 9 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. 
A grain market analyst expects spring wheat prices could jump 35 to 70 cents a bushel in coming months. Farmlink Marketing Solutions market analyst Neil Townsend says strong world demand for wheat continues to push markets upward. Well, we think wheat's broadly supported. I mean, we've seen like lots of really strong global demand. Uh, you know, China's sort of sniffing around for more wheat. They look like they might ban Australian wheat into China, which could be helpful to Canada. So, you know, we think uh, we don't we don't see prices getting like really uh, super high from where we are today. But we think it's well supported, and we think it would be fair to be looking for uh, you know seven plus for one thirteen five CWRS. So, how much of a gain is that, say, over the winter? Well, I mean, you know, I call it like five to ten percent, maybe. But it, you know, it's it's going to roll a little bit. It's not going to be consistent. I mean, there's going to be periods of higher demand and periods of sort of more fallow demand. So, you know, you're going to trade within a range of, say, like, you know, 670 to like 725, right? And you just got to pick your time when you think it's going to be closer to 725. Now, you know, there's definitely a possibility that things break out higher. Uh, That will just take sort of some read on, say, you know, the South American row crop conditions, uh, what's happening in the winter wheat areas. Like one thing we do know, Jim, is that you know, it's relatively dry in North Dakota, and it's, and it's you know, drought-like conditions in North Dakota and drought-like conditions in western Kansas. Now, again, you know, you're not going to trade basis that in early November, but if we get to, say, you know, March or April, and that's still the situation there, that could be pretty inflationary for wheat futures and ultimately wheat prices. Neil Townsend is a senior market analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Blackleg was more prevalent in some canola fields this year, due in part to good spring topsoil moisture conditions. The fungal disease overwinters on infected canola residue and has been around since the 1970s. There are some blackleg-resistant canola varieties, but there are at least five strains of the disease. Ted Laboon is the technical lead for seed care with Syngenta Canada. The critical infection period is right at emergence, uh, so at that cod leading to to one leaf stage. If we do have conditions that are conducive for infection and you know, if, if for some reason the canola plant too is compromised in some way in terms of wind damage or or even potentially flea beetle damage, the risk of infection is good. And that early infection is what leads to the stem infections, which is what really has the potential to reduce yields. Laboon talks about the races of black leg and efforts to control the problem. I think one thing about this disease we know, it's, it's a very diverse disease. There are multiple races in the field today in our canola production areas. These races, depending on on the management practices, can have an impact and they can adapt. You know, one thing that we know about these races is that they do overwinter on previous canola stubble. So certainly a canola on canola rotation is a very risky um, rotation. So if you can break it with peas or cereal crops and even extend that rotation to two to three years, that will make a significant difference when you do plant your canola crop in that year. Also, you know, it's, it's a very good idea to see what your varieties are using and, and if you can rotate your varieties, that can also be another tool to help you manage the disease. By rotating, you put different genetic resistance in there because we do know that genetic resistance plays a key role in, in managing black leg. And 
because of the infection can occur so early, another tool that's going to become available is um, a new C treatment that we're introducing called Saltro, and it translocates into that cotyledon and that first leaf, and it also will provide a, a good source of protection from that early infection. So if you take a look at any managing disease, if you can incorporate a number of different tools into your production, it really can make a difference to minimize the impact, particularly in the case of black leg. If you do good rotations and you can rotate some of your varieties and then use a C treatment, all those three tools will really help. I think another thing too is just to understand what's happening in your field. Scouting is too very important. And the best time to scout for a black leg is in the fall or even early spring. Like if you miss the opportunity to scout your fields this, this fall, you can still do it in the spring and you can send in your samples to a seed lab and uh, they can quickly identify whether you do have black leg in that field. And then they can also uh, identify what races you have. And then you can start planning for the long-term approach too, because it's not a, a short-term solution. It's a long-term strategy that you want to incorporate. Ted Laboon is the technical lead for Seed Care with Syngenta Canada. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as well. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early morning trading. Canola rose 30 cents at 495.47. Number one red spring wheat fell 255 at 229.98. The rest were unchanged. Durham 288.44. Feed barley 209.70. Flax 671.75. Lentils 629.50. Oats 201 dollars 53 cents. Yellow peas 319.39. Feed wheat 183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures went down two and three quarter cents at 554 and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. 3,200 calves in the Saturday sale. We were kind of worried that the impending weather would affect the market, but the quality was exceptionally good, and the market stayed very active. Here's a straight load of 705-pound black steers, 189.75. A 640-pound sorted load at 194. The 625 Hanson black steers, a load from Kildare, Bring 195 and a quarter. 600 pound steers, 199. The 580 weight black steers, 207.75. The 575 pound Walker red steers from Rosetown, 208.75. 567 pound load of blocks, 217.50. The 506 pound blocks, 226. The 470 weight cattle, very active. A fancy straight load of black steers at 470. 243.75, the second load, 239 and a quarter, and the reds, 235. At 410 pounds, a straight load of black steers, 270 and a quarter. 
600 pound black heifers, 176.50. The reds, 170 to 175. 570 pound blocks, a load, 182.50. 559 pounds, a load of 181. 540 pound red heifers, 189.75. And 560 pounds, 179.75. Here's 105 black heifers at 508, 194.50. The reds at that weight, 186.50. 101, 450 pound black heifers at 202. And 85 black heifers at 400 pounds, 207. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Today's quote for the Brandon and the Moose Jaw plants, 165.46 per CKG. For last week, the price for SIG 4, that's the Brandon plant, $170.27. And for BP4 TCP4, that's the Moose Jaw plant, the pool price last week, $180.32. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-buildings.ca. The top infectious disease expert in the U.S. says the early data suggesting Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine is 90% effective is extraordinary. Dr. Anthony Fauci had previously said he would be happy with a vaccine that was 60% effective. The drug is one of 10 possible COVID-19 vaccine candidates in late-stage testing around the world and one of six that Canada has arranged to procure millions of doses. Prime Minister Trudeau says the news is encouraging but says it's not an immediate solution to the pandemic. The declaration of Joe Biden as U.S. President-elect and the news of early data suggesting the effectiveness of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine has seen stock markets skyrocket this morning. Global economic recovery depends on controlling the pandemic, and European markets surged at the news from the drug maker, while Dow futures also jumped higher. On the markets, North American stock markets soared higher in late morning trading, fueled by positive news regarding a coronavirus vaccine and clarity on the outcome to the U.S. presidential election with the declaration of Democrat Joe Biden as president-elect on the weekend. In Toronto, the TSX Composite Index was up 232 points to 16,514. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 1,053 points to 29,377. The Canadian dollar was trading at 77.08 cents U.S. compared to an average of 76.69 cents Friday. The December crude oil contract was up $3.42 at $40.56 per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon. And an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.